I always love telling over um, Tyra from her Pincus. Uh, Shimshim Pincus, for those of you who may not be familiar with him, was a uh, a great Rav in Eretz Yisrael. He was American-born, um, born and bred in uh, Brooklyn, New York, and then he moved to Eretz Yisrael, and he became one of the G'daylem in Eretz Yisrael, a Rav in the city of Ofakim, and uh, a tremendous mashpia. He would drive around uh, the entire country and the world giving very, very... Uh, inspirational talks. Unfortunately, his uh, it was on the way back from one of those talks on Erev Pesach um, over 10 years ago that he had a terrible car accident and he and his wife and some of his children were tragically killed. Uh, but his Tyra still continues to just grow stronger and stronger through his svarim and his tapes, and uh, and Rapinkus's Tyra is always beautiful, but on Shavuos, I find that it's exceptionally beautiful. And I'm reminded of a story about him when he was a young boy, and his father was going to learn on Shavuos night in the local base medish, local shul, and young Rav Shimshim Pincus, he was maybe a boy of, I don't know, four or five years old, he wanted to come uh, with his father to learn. And his father felt, and he consulted his wife, and his father, the parents felt that he was too young, that it was not, he wasn't ready to stay up a whole night, and he's probably going to get antsy in the middle of the night, and the father's going to have to walk back and bring him home. And anyway, they decided against it. And Rav Pincus was, uh, you know, Young Rapinkus, Shimshim Pincus was very, very upset and he was crying and the father, you know, he was, you know, all dressed and ready to go and his father had to sort of just run out of the house and, but as he was turning around, he saw that, that his son was very upset with him and very disappointed and anyway, the father went to shul and was trying to have a, a meaningful shul's night, but he could not get this vision of his son sitting at the steps, you know, and disappointed. And he says, what kind of father am I? Hey, my son wanted to learn Tyra. Like, what's the big deal? Why couldn't I take him? And, you know, I was thinking more about myself than about him. And uh, he just, every time he tried to learn a line of Gemara, it just didn't go. He just got more and more uh, depressed and, and, and felt guilty. And so he closed his Gemara. He says, I'm going to go home. If Shimshin is still, is if he's asleep, he's asleep. I tried my best, like I told him tomorrow morning, that I came all the way home for him and he was sleeping. And if he's awake, I'll take him. So he walked all the way home and he came into the house and, and Shimshin Pincus was sitting on the same step, wide awake, just like almost like expecting his father to come home, just almost like as if it was obvious that he would just be coming through the door at that moment. So his father said, I don't understand. He said, I left about an hour ago. I thought you'd be undressed in pajamas, ready to go to, you know, sleeping already, and you're still st sitting on the step. You know, why? He says, because I was sure that you were going to come back home. He says, why were you so sure that I was going to come back home? So he said, simple, because I daven Tashem 
that you should come back home. So it was a davar pasha to me that that's what would happen. And that really was, I think, a defining moment in Erpinkus's life that, you know, he became the, the tremendous expert on tefillah. He wrote a sefer called Sha'arim B'Tefillah uh, that was translated into English and a very, very popular classic bestseller. Uh, Erpinkus was a master of tefillah, he was a master of Jewish thought, and he was exceedingly close to the Rabbi Nishalim. And, and from that shvuas as a young boy, I think his taira and his hashpa, specifically on shvuas, to me is very, very uh, profound and very deep. So what I wanted to share with you uh, this evening, and I appreciate you all um, not coming out, but at least uh, zooming in uh, tonight, and I'd like to thank Mrs. Wilcox for uh, arranging uh, this beautiful gathering and her leadership of the Neshe. Um, I'd like to share with you a thought that Rapinkas has um, on Svira and on Shvuas and, uh, and on life. So he starts with a famous question. And the question is that, I guess, you know, the best example would be when a Hassan and Kala are engaged and they're, uh, they have a wedding date. And let's say the wedding date is, uh, is three months from now. So what many people might do, and I remember when I was in yeshiva, there were some guys in the dorm that used to do this, is that they were their friends, or maybe they themselves would make this big oak tag uh, with, a, with a countdown of how many days there are till the chasna, because it's, you know, you're very excited for that big day, and you're waiting and waiting and waiting, so you'll start, if it's, let's say, three months away, so you'll start 90-day calendar, and every day you'll put a cross, an X through the box, and now you have 89 days, and then 87 days, and before you know it, it's getting closer, and then there's a month, and then there's three weeks, and there's a week, and then chasna day. And that's normal. When you're excited for something, you count down the days. And the question is, why is Sfira Sa'imer the opposite? Instead of counting down the days and we're excited to get to Mount Daira, instead we find ourselves every day counting another day in the Sfira, and an additional day. And it seems like very opposite or counter, counterintuitive to what you would think the Taira would want, especially in the, way, the light that the Chinuch puts the whole mitzvah Sfira Sa'imer that we're like, completely like incapable of waiting till the day that we get the Torah. The whole point of leaving Mitzrayim on Pesach was to receive the Torah. We're going to worship God on this mountain and we can't wait and we're at the edge of our seats. You know, when is this day finally going to come? He quotes a Pasuk, I believe it's in Eiv Ke'eved Yishaf like a a person that's uh, a slave that's working so hard and he's dying for a little bit of shade to cool off by and he can't wait for his break that he could sit in a little bit of a, you know, a shaded area just to rest. That's how eager Klai Yisrael is to finally get to Matantai. We're waiting for that day. That's the Yom Chasunasa, Yom Simchas Libay. It's a wedding. It's a national wedding. We're excited. So why would we not count down the days instead of counting up the days. That's Rapinkus's question. The truth is that the Chinuch himself really uh, deals with this question. It was such a good question that 
himself grappled with it, and he has an answer, which I don't really want to uh, go into right, this, right now. I want to stay focused on Rapinkus's approach. So in order to answer this question, Rapinkus takes us on a little bit of a detour, and he brings something from Rav Aaron Kotler, who was the Rosh Hashiva of Lakewood, and a, a tremendous, tremendous Adam Gadol, one of the great G'daylem uh, of America and of the world. Now, Rav Aaron Kotler once spoke by a Chinna, by a Tara Masara convention, I believe it was, which is for Abayim, for Abayim, for Jewish educators. And in his speech, in his drasha to them, he gave a, he gave a few proofs, um, and we have it all written up uh, in one of the volumes of Mishnah Sarvaran, how you can't take the Torah literally, and especially the stories of Bereshis and of Shemais has to be taken with, uh, with, through the eyes of Chazal, because if you take them literally, they just don't make sense. Not because we're trying to, uh, you know, to, to make the Torah more yeshivish than it should be, or because, you know, we're trying to, uh, to take the romance out of certain parshas in the Torah, but because it just, it doesn't make sense any other way but to see it, to see these stories through the eyes of Chazal. So one of the proofs that he brings in this famous speech that he gave is that when Yaakov Avinu was engaged to Rachel, and he had to work seven long years before he was finally able to get her in marriage. So Lavan made a deal, you're going to work for me seven years, and after seven years, then you'll get Rachel. And we know that that didn't really uh, end up working out too well. He switched her for, uh, for Leah. But the point is that he had to wait for a very long time, and the Pasuk says... That because he loved her so much, because Yaakov loved Rachel so much, it was like very few days. It was Kiyam Machadim. It felt like time flew. So if you would take a literal understanding of that Pasuk, you would basically um, say, wow, this is such a beautiful. Pasuk, Yaakov, Rachel, what a beautiful relationship that they had, and this is like a storybook romance, and time flew for them, and and so that's what it means, and stop giving us different drushes about, you know, how it wasn't what it seems, it was what it seems, let's take it as, at, at a, you know, at, at face value and say that they loved each other and time flew, so if Aaron Kohler says you can't say that, why? Because how can you say that? We know that it's the exact opposite. If you really are excited to do something, if you're excited, like we said before, to get married, you're excited for your bar mitzvah, for your bas mitzvah, for your, uh, I don't know, your birthday, whatever it is that you're looking forward to, whatever that day on the calendar is that you're excited for, it seems agonizingly slow. It doesn't go fast. You want to, you know, the, the more you're looking forward to something coming, the slower it takes doesn't happen quickly. It's not like, okay, great, I, you know, my wedding is in 90 days, and then, wow, that, that time really flew. It doesn't fly. Every day is like an eternity. 
every, it seems like five years. So how could it mean, how could it be taken literally that Yaakov loved Rachel so much that the seven years where Kiyam Machadim were like, they felt like days. That's not true. That's not how life happens. This is what Rav Aaron Cutler said, and therefore it must mean that it doesn't mean that they loved each other and that's why time flew, but rather, says Rav Aaron, Yaakov Avinu was being mitar himself, he was preparing himself, he was purifying himself and, and bettering himself to prepare for the building of Klal Yisrael. That's what he saw when he was working towards this this wedding date, he was not looking forward to his personal, you know, day of shining, I'm a chassan, and all my, you know, my friends are going to be there and dancing, and I, I get to be married, and he wasn't looking, he was looking forward to building Klai Yisrael, building Klai Yisrael. He was preparing for that great day when he would be able to marry Rachel and start the building of Knesset Yisrael, of the Shiftei Ka, and of all future dares would come from this moment in time. And that's what he was looking to do. This is what Rav Aaron Cutler says. It's a little cryptic, and Rapinkus brings out the inner meaning of Rav Aaron Cutler's idea with a, uh, with a beautiful mashal. And this is what he says. He says, let's say somebody tells me that I'm going to give you a million dollars. I'm going to give you a million dollars. But it's going to be, I'm going to give it to you in a hundred days. In a hundred days, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Okay, so if in a hundred days I'm going to get a million dollars, then I'm going to really be excited for a hundred days to pass. Because after 100 days, I get the million dollars. I really need that money. I would love to have that money. So every day, it's going gonna, it's gonna to seem like forever. Because when is that day going to come already that I'm going to get a million dollars? Now, that's one scenario. Now, let's try a different scenario on for size. Let's say somebody tells me, in a million, in in a hundred days, you're going to get a million dollars, but it's not going to be given to you as one lump sum, but rather every day you're going to work for me, and every day I'm going to give you ten thousand dollars, and so after a hundred days you'll have a million dollars. In that case, it's not going to seem like forever. Every day will be very important for me because I understand I can't miss a day. Every day I'm getting paid $10,000 over the course of 100 days. And in 100 days, if I work every single day, I'm going to be making a million dollars. That's a different type of count. The first type, I'm gonna, it's going to take forever because I'm waiting until 100 days pass. I'm going to get a million dollars. The other case is I'm working every day, I'm earning $10,000, and 10000 plus 10000 plus 10000 ultimately will add up to a million dollars. In that case, it's going to be very quick. What's the difference? The difference is as follows. When somebody tells me that I'm going to make a million dollars, but I have to wait 100 days, the 100 days are like 
the obstacle in the way of my getting a million dollars. The million dollars could be mine, but I have to wait and wait and wait. These days are separating me. I'm not doing anything. I'm just waiting. I'm in a holding pattern, waiting until the 100 days pass, and after 100 days. So I want the 100 days out of the way. You know why? Because they're what's separating me from being a millionaire. That's why it takes a long, long time till those 100 days pass, because they're annoying those days. But if I'm working every one of these 100 days, and I'm making a lot of money every day, I'm making $10,000, now I'm not looking at the 100 days annoying. Now I, I love it, because every day I'm building, I'm building. Every day is another building block till I'm able to finally arrive at that million-dollar mark. That's a completely different count. That's a count that I'm enjoying every day. I'm taking pleasure and pride because I'm actually working towards a goal day by day. Rapinkas says that that's what Rav Aaron Cutler meant. When Yaakov Avinu was engaged to Rachel and he was waiting to get married, it's different than when a regular chassan and kala are engaged and waiting to get married. For them, that period of waiting is annoying. It's because, I wish I can get married tonight. I wish I can get married tonight. I was just at a vart on Sunday night. Uh, I went with my wife to a vart of somebody that she works with. Her daughter got engaged, or her son got engaged. Anyway, and the mother said, like, it's such a beautiful, the mother of the of the chassan said, it's such a beautiful vart, I wish they could just get married now already. Why do we have to wait? It's like we have the, you know, we have the flowers here. It's a beautiful vart. Like, let's get, let's make the chasna now. And that's the attitude of a chasna and God. Like, I don't want to wait. I want to get married already. That's a beautiful thing. So the waiting is just an annoyance because it's standing in between me and getting married is those days. So that's terrible. That's agonizingly slow. But that's because we're not really interested in building ourselves during the period of our engagement. We're just, we're just, we're thinking about ourselves and I want to be married. I want to be that chassan. I want to be that kala. I want to, I want to be dancing with my friends and my family. I want to get gifts. I want to have a lot of nice speeches said. Whatever it is that I'm waiting for, but the days are standing in the way until I get that gratification. So that's slow. I, I don't like that. You know, I, I, my birthday is coming up. I want my birthday to be here already. I don't want to wait a week before my... I want to get there. I, I want it. Yaakov Avinu, says Rav Aaron Cutler, was not trying to get married in order to... for his own self. If it was for his own self, those seven years would be forever and ever and ever. It wouldn't be Kiyam Machadim. Wouldn't be, it wouldn't seem like no time at all. You know why it seemed like no time at all? Because like the millionaire, every day he was making more, he needed that time. $10,000 in Ruchnius, another $10,000 in Ruchnius, another million dollars. He was building himself up, preparing, preparing for 
that role that he had as Yaakov Avinu, who was the father of Klai Yisrael, being married to Mama Rachel, being married to eventually to Leia Yimeno, and the Shvachis, and building the 12 tribes, and making, he was the Bechir Sheba Abis. He was the most perfect of all of the Abis. And he had to build himself during these seven years to become that. To, to, that, that wasn't a small job. Even for the great Yaakovino, he had to he, he had his tkufa of a bacher and of the Ishtam Yeshvalim. Now he had to prepare himself for marriage and, and for how to deal with with his with his wives and with his children and with his family and, and with Taira and, and building and Kedusha. That's what he had to do right now. That's what his new job was. And every day he was working on himself and building and davening and and, and learning and doing everything and anything. These were days of, of, of tremendous growth for him. That was Kiyam Machadim. That wasn't, the days were not in the way. The days were necessary building blocks of being able to become the great Yaakov Avinu that he became. And Rapinkas brings this back to our question that we started with this evening about Svira Sa'imer, that why are we counting up, we should be counting down. And the answer is that countdowns are good when you are so excited to get to a certain day because you want to be at that day. You want to be at that day so you can you, there's so many 90 days to my chasna, right? Let's get rid of one day. Baruch Hashem, 89 days to my chasna, 86, 80, and we keep going down. That's because we're excited and like, you know, there's anticipation that's building in a in a personal way. When we're counting up by the sphero, it's different. Because what we're doing is we're showing ourselves when we count another day that every day is another accomplishment in the journey towards Matantara. These are not days of just sitting and waiting between Pesach and Shavuos uh, until we are able to get to Shavuos. These are days that we're supposed to be working on ourselves, to be building ourselves, to be getting closer to Hashem, to being able to plan and to prepare for that day of Mount Taira. And when we're working on preparing ourselves, that's a count up. We're steiging, we're growing every single day. Another day, another notch in my belt, another accomplishment, another kinin hatayra. Like, if you look at the end of Perkyavis, it says that there's 48 ways of acquiring tayra, the 48 ways to wisdom, as Rabbi Noah Weinberg used to call it. Remember, um, you know, he used to, he was the head of Eish HaTayra, and we spent a summer, my family, in, in, in Yerushalayim, and my mother... Um, who should live and be well, she loved going to his shirim, Reb Nayach Weinberg, and uh, every day he gave a different shir on the 48 ways to wisdom. And it was basically, and they just recently published it in book form, but every day is a different Kenyan HaTayra. There's 49 days between Pesach and Shavuos, and there are 48 Kenyanim of Taira, 48 different ways to acquire the Taira. And that's not a coincidence. The Bali Musar used to say every day we're supposed to work on another one of the Kinyani Atara, another one of the ways of acquiring Taira. And what are we supposed to do on the 49th day? We already exhausted all the 48 days, so the Bali Musar say that we're supposed to chazer all the 48 ways that we acquired uh, up until now. We're supposed to now review all of them, and now we're ready to come into the Yantav of Shavuos. So... 
you know, we're a little bit late in the game. Maybe we should have given this uh, class right, you know, at the beginning, maybe the second day of Pesach, or maybe Isr Chag Pesach, and really given us the, the chance. But, you know, the Hasidish is far and right that Admi Macharas HaShabbos HaShviyas Tisbru Chamishim Yayim, which the Torah is saying that until the last day, the day of Shavuos, you could you count 50 days. Ad So what the Chazid Yisrael say is that until the last minute before Shavuos, you could still accomplish everything that you could have in 50 days. So we're not really so late. We could still, even though we're very close to Shavuos and we still have, uh, you know, we only have a few days left until Matan Torah, but we could still accomplish a tremendous amount. Just the fact that we came tonight to this year, I think, is showing ourselves and Hashem that we're looking to grow, we're looking to build ourselves, we're looking to prepare ourselves before Yantif for this great for this great day. And it is indeed a great day. It's a day that we receive the Torah from Hashem. It's a day that we celebrate the fact that we uh, that Hashem gave us the Torah, and because He gave us the Torah, we are um, the Amanivchar. We have uh, so much good inside of us as a people, so much learning, so much davening, so much chesed, so much ben adam and ben adam All this from the Torah that we received on Shavuos, and and there's a lot for men to be grateful for, and there's a lot for women to be grateful for. Women have a, play a tremendous role uh, throughout the year for Tyra, uh, especially all the Chashva women uh, here tonight. All of their, all of your husbands are, are each and every one of them special and Chashva and Tamid Chachamim and uh, and it's all in your merit. The Gemara says in Brachas that Nashim b'Mayzachian, how are women zeicha to schar in Shemaim for Tyra because they. Uh, they allow their husbands to go to learn, and they wait for and they take their children to yeshiva in the morning, and they wait for them to come home, and all of the encouragement that women give their their family members to learn is all to their great credit. And and a secret you shouldn't be telling your husbands is that you get more schar than they do. What does that mean? So the svarim say that. First of all, the schar of Talmatira is Kenegat Kulam. It's it's turbocharged schar. It's tremendously valuable schar. So let's say you send your husbands off to Yeshiva at night at night to learn at night Seder. And it's hard for you because you know you want really to help them that they should be home to help with the kids, but yet you're willing to allow them after whatever they're doing, whether it's learning all day or working all day or in school all day, and they really, you know, you want them to stay home, and maybe they want to stay home also, but you push them out and you, you let them go, go and learn. So, so what happens? They, let's say you're sending them to a night seder from 8 to 10. Okay, that's Yeshiva's night seder. So let's say they leave the house at 7.50. Okay, by the time they get into the car, and they uh, they look for parking. It's already now 8.05, 8.10, and they come to Yeshiva. Maybe they have to, uh, uh, you know, their Chavrusa didn't come yet, and they have to text the Chavrusa, where are you? And it, Okay, you know, and they have to maybe make themselves a coffee or, or get a soda, or, you know, by the time they get their farm together, it's already maybe 8.15, and then they have to, you know, schmooze a little bit, and then by the time they you know, have to get ready for Meyer. So out of those two hours that they were supposedly learning... 
truth be told, it's considerably less sometimes, unfortunately. That's just the way it is. But, so they get schar and shamayim for, let's say, an hour and a half of learning. But you get schar and shamayim from the moment that they walk out of the house. That's when your meter starts, because you're being meiser nefesh right away. So your schar and talmatayr is even greater than theirs. And you're encouraging your children, and you're encouraging your, you know, whoever it is, you're, you're, you're helping build an environment of Torah, that Torah is special and encouraged, and, you know, maybe making a special uh, cake for a seum, or for a, for a partial thing, or a project, or if we're getting 100 on a test, or whatever it is, all of these things accrue to your credit. You're the ones that are creating the excitement and the love of Tyra in the house. So women have a tremendous role to play on Shavuos. It's not a, people think it's a man's holiday, you know, there's nothing for a woman to do. She just has to cook, make cheesecake, and, you know, and, and, and keep crazy hours for, the, for when the husbands are coming home, and this and that. And that might be true, but it's really a holiday. I look at it as a holiday more for women than men. Because it really, the entire, even the power, the Torah says that. The Torah says right before Man Torah, it says, um, When, when Meshach Rabbeinu had to present this concept of receiving the Torah to Klai Yisrael, the first people that were presented with was Beis Yaakov, the women. Because the women are the ones that really drive the the love of Tyra in the house. And so if the women were not on board, it would be a futile effort to get the men to, to do anything as far as Tyra is concerned. So these are days that we should be thinking and preparing, you know, not just what to bake and, and what to prepare and which type of flowers to buy. That's also important, but it's a time of spiritual growth and preparation. That's what the sphere is all about, and it's not too late. We're still a few days away from Shavuos, and it's a time to, to be grateful to Hashem for allowing us to be an Amanivchar, to, to have the Torah, to have families that Torah is so chashuv, uh, with, to be able to raise families with the brilliance and the wisdom and the warmth of Torah, and and to learn ourselves. It's a chiv for women to learn themselves and to, you know, get some good svarim and, and, and read up on, on, on Tyra. And, and, and there's some really beautiful, you know, books just about the love of Tyra. There is beautiful biographies about Gedalim that all of these are, are preparations for Kabbalah Satira. And, uh, yeah, and that's what the Imeasphere is all about. These are times that we're supposed to be building day by day in, in eager, active preparation for the day of Kabbalah Satyra, so that we're able to have this Kabbalah Satyra and make this a beautiful Shavuos. And I just want to end with one thing, and that is that Shavuos, besides for being the time that we receive the Taira, is the time that we're judged for the Torah of the coming year. This is what the Shlach Kaddish writes. Just like Rosh Hashanah is a Yem Hadin for our Parnassah for the year and our health for the year, Shavuos is a time that we're being judged, that Hashem is judging us, for the Torah that we'll be able to have this coming year until the next Shavuos. So from Shavuos to Shavuos, how much Torah are we going to be able to have? 
how good are, are our husbands going to be able to learn this coming year? How much Torah are we going to be able to learn? How much, how well are our children going to love Torah and learn Torah? And, 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 you know, all of these things are being judged on Shavuos. So it's a time that we have to daven until Shavuos and Shavuos itself. If it's a Yem Hadin, just like we know how we cry on Rosh Hashanah by davening, we also have to cry on Shavuos by davening, because when something is really important to us, we put our whole heart into it. And so just one of the many things to prepare for during this last uh, stretch before Shavuos is to really try to make plans for how this coming year we're going to have more Tyra learn, maybe more Tyra at the Shabbos table, more sarim that are being, you know, Jewish books that are going to be brought into the house and read and enjoyed and appreciated and shared. And and maybe, you know, more Tyra for our children and for our husbands. And it's a time of Yaim Hadin. We have to prepare how Tafshin Pei Aleph Pei Beis is going to be a better year as far as Tyra is concerned than the last one was. Hopefully the last one was great, but we can make it even better, Mitzvah And I want to wish all of you uh, a beautiful Matan Taira, beautiful days uh, leading up to Matan Taira, and Mitzvah Hashem, you and your Mishpacha, Shabbat Zeichel, Akabel, Esat Taira, Thank you very, very much.